0: Hello and welcome to of today's Let's Talk AI podcast, where you can hear from AI researchers about what's actually going on with AI and what is just clickbait headlines. I am Andre Kerenkov, a third-year PhD student at the Stanford Vision and Learning Lab. I focus mostly on learning algorithms for robotic manipulation in my research. And with me is my co-host...
1: I'm Sharon, a third-year PhD student in the Machine Learning Group, working with Andrew Ng. I do research on generative models, improving generalization of neural networks, and applying machine learning to tackling the climate crisis.
0: And Sharon, I think you'll agree, we have a lot to cover this week. It's been a very news heavy week for AI and especially facial recognition. Oh yeah. So I think we're just gonna dive straight in. Uh, So the first article we have here is from Business Insider and it is titled, Outrage Over Police Brutality Has Finally Convinced Amazon Microsoft and IBM to rule out selling facial recognition tech to law enforcement. Here's what's going on. So this is a sort of overview article of a lot of the news that's been going on this week. So quoting from it, uh, the summary is that IBM, Amazon, and Microsoft have all committed to not sell facial recognition to law enforcement, at least temporarily. This began on June 8th with IBM, And actually a letter to Congress from its CEO, which stated that IBM would not sell facial recognition tech and also advocated for more regulation to be passed. This article notes that while activists have been campaigning for the companies to do this for years, the Black Lives Matter movement appears to have tipped the scale. As facial recognition becomes more widely used to catch criminals, illegal immigrants, or terrorists, there is mounting concern about how the technology might be abused. And as a result, each company, again, this is IBM, Amazon, and Microsoft, made subtly different promises with their bands.
1: Quite a few news sources also cover this, uh, including the Wall Street Journal in an article called Uh, facial recognition, companies commit to police market after Amazon, Microsoft exit, Uh, and uh, several other articles and venues, including Fast Company and CNET. Um, I think in general, this is pretty big. Uh, I first heard about this when Amazon pulled out, and uh, I was actually very impressed and uh, honestly a little bit surprised, since I don't think we often view these companies as do-good uh, type companies, uh, so uh, I was I was actually very impressed with that action being taken, um, and I'm glad, and uh, I I hope that like people internally to the company and all, throughout all the ranks believe this is the right the right decision.
0: Yeah, as you said, I think this is actually seemingly a pretty big deal. Amazon followed IBM with its announcement of a one-year moratorium on police use of Amazon's facial recognition technology on June 10th so it was a very swift uh, order of events and this is after years of criticism about this product recognition and it being uh, biased Uh, the Algorithmic Justice League has criticized it and so this is a welcome development after a lot of activists calling for this to happen Um, Also, this article from Fast Company, which uh, is titled IBM, Microsoft and Amazon's Face Recognition Bands Don't Go Far Enough, notes that uh, while this is, of course, welcome and good, it's just the first step. Uh, So in IBM's case, uh, they were already not really selling this facial analysis detection technology. So the announcement is a bit uh, opportunistic in Amazon's case, it's actually a welcome development, but it's just a one-year moratorium. So I guess the next step would be for uh, Congress and politicians to actually uh, pass legislation to regulate this market.
1: That's right. And just to give uh, you a sense of what's going on and how this facial recognition technology is being used with respect to the protests going on, uh, BuzzFeed News had an article titled, here are the Minneapolis police's tools to identify protesters. Uh, so we've seen how the deaths of George Floyd, uh, Umhad, uh, Arbery and Breonna Taylor, among many others have sparked protests across the nation. The administration and a number of states have met the challenge with yet more policing, which is even worse. Um, and, uh, Uh, on top of that, the police have surveillance tools at their disposal. Uh, The Minneapolis Police Department in particular has used Clearview AI, which we've talked about in previous episodes, in addition to a plethora of other surveillance technologies. Uh, And while people engaging in protests for a good cause should not be subject to surveillance, these tools are definitely a danger. So facial recognition and other surveillance tools could lead to essentially protesters facing arrest and persecution well after uh, the demonstrations have even ended. And so facial recognition, uh, as another article points, uh, is essentially law enforcement's newest weapon against protesters.
0: Indeed. Another article uh, which you just uh, referenced also noted that police in Seattle, Austin, Dallas and even the FBI have used uh, images of protesting, and they could, from these images, actually pick up on faces and follow up. So it seems this is a very real situation where there is this uh, possible use case. And so, as we just mentioned, IBM, Amazon, and Microsoft not providing this product uh, is meaningful in the sense of uh, it could be used in this context. Although other companies such as AI, which is entirely based on selling facial recognition tech, are standing by their product and are still offering it. So it's, it's still very possible for police departments to continue uh, using facial recognition in this way.
1: I think some striking examples in the article are, quote, the Minneapolis Police Police Department also uses Securonet, which is a surveillance tool that lets police upload cell phone footage, integrate that with CCTV footage, and visualize it on a map. So the police department started using Securonet in 2017, ahead of the city's hosting of the 2018 Super Bowl. But this technology has lasted, and uh, now the department has signed on another contract with Securonet in uh, 2019. And of course, this is being used as well. Um, And as noted in um, a surveillance white paper, law enforcement agencies operating in Minneapolis, uh, like the state-run Minnesota BCA, uh, actually have access to even more surveillance tools. So, so for instance, the Minnesota BCA has the ability to deploy uh, something called the Stingrays, which is a tool that mimics cell phone towers in order to approximate the location of cell phone users. And Stingrays have allegedly been used to target Black Lives Matter protesters.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's very concerning to hear all these specific examples and to hear that uh, at least some departments are using facial recognition tech as well. Uh, this article from BuzzFeed News, Buzzfeed News also notes that uh, Rich Newmeister, a Minneapolis resident, submitted written testimony to a city subcommittee on data practice on January 30th, urging the city to enact restrictions on the use of facial recognition, uh, which uh, did not exist. There aren't such restrictions. And uh, he stated, I think quite eloquently, that there needs to be guardrails, standards, and curtailing policies so that the use and rules are not developed by law enforcement agencies in secret. Our privacy and civil liberties can be diminished if this onerous and powerful technology is not kept in check. Uh, So this is pretty high stakes. I think we would agree, uh, Sharon and it's good that the protests now are making us very aware and very concerned about these issues.
1: Yes, I think the protests now actually makes many more people concerned about these issues, which I think is very, very important, because before it might have been a smaller group of people, Um Uh, Something that I find pretty concerning related to Amazon, which uh, did say that they would put that moratorium on, is that several local police departments in the Minneapolis metropolitan area actually have signed contracts with Ring, which is Amazon's home surveillance company. Uh, according to the company's map of active partnerships. And Ring actually contracts, uh, these contracts with Ring actually give police access to the company's law enforcement portal, which then lets officers essentially request camera footage from residents without even obtaining a warrant first. And so that is huge. So in exchange, Ring has given police free cameras and it's offered police uh, more free cameras if they convince enough people to download uh, their app, uh, called Neighbors, which is a neighborhood watch app. And so this is huge because as uh, uh, more and more people potentially um, use something like Ring, uh, that could then help law enforcement and take down essentially your neighbors in a weird, terrible way. Uh, and uh, a staff attorney for the Electronic Frontier Foundation, Sarah Hussein, told BuzzFeed News that the pervasiveness of surveillance technology could mean that protesters, and we mentioned this before, protesters actually face the risk of arrest long after demonstrations have even ended. And of course, people have uh, started putting out things to combat this. Uh, for example, there's an article where, uh, where anonymous, uh, or sorry, there's an article where an app called Anonymous Camera uh, uses AI to quickly anonymize photos and videos so that people could take pictures uh, of, let's say, a crowd of protesters and people would be anonymized there.
0: Yeah, so uh, I think you mentioned Ring, and that's a good point here, that Amazon's uh, year pause on facial technology doesn't limit this uh, contract with the police on using video from Ring. Uh, So, in some ways, these announcements are pretty partial, and they are definitely meant to sort of signal some support while still being uh, not necessarily going very far. In its statement, Amazon said it hoped the moratorium would give Congress enough time to implement appropriate rules, and we stand ready to help if requested. But in, in the past, Amazon has actually worked against strict rules for facial recognition, as noted by some of these articles. And Microsoft has also pushed against some uh, ACLU-backed initiatives for uh, moratoriums on government facial recognition. So I think it's a complicated situation. We shouldn't get complacent with the companies just because they have done these gestures. If anything, I think the uh, actions by the uh, companies show that activism and actually Pointing out these issues and caring and pushing them works and we should continue to do so and continue pushing our politicians to enact this legislation. And uh, pretty soon, I would say, because the technology is already here.
1: Yes, I would definitely say that these companies are not leading in terms of things. It's more like they are responding to uh, what we the people are. want, um, perhaps, or like vie for, and they need to keep their public image, um, alive.
0: And another note, actually, I think we should mention, this is not this exactly news, but a lot of this, uh, activism started with, uh, the work of the Algorithmic Justice League, which is led by, uh, Joy... Bula Winnie and Timna Jabru, among others. So they pointed out uh, these potential misuses for years now. And uh, yeah, I think it's worth it to remember that while the company's actions are good, it came about because of the work of these activists and researchers. And uh, they definitely should get a lot of accommodation for their work, uh, which was, uh, I think, ahead of its time, to be honest.
1: And rolling with the theme of surveillance, uh, our next article is uh, the ACLU is suing Clearview AI to stop privacy destroying Face surveillance. So if you've listened to this podcast in the past, uh, you've almost certainly heard plenty about Clearview AI, which is the quote unquote search engine for faces that allows law officers to identify you with a cell phone picture using the identification technology that uh, it has developed by scraping billions of images from sites like Facebook, Twitter, et cetera. Um, BuzzFeed broke a great deal of news about Clearview when it came out, including their contracts with many companies and firms, as well as private individuals that extended far beyond law enforcement and that questioned essential uh, civil liberties. So the American Civil Liberties Union sued Clearview AI on May 28th, 2020, quote, arguing that the facial recognition startup violated the privacy of Illinois residents in amassing a database of more than 3 billion photos scraped from websites and social media platforms, including Facebook and Twitter. And also to note that Facebook and Twitter were not particularly happy with uh, Clearview doing this as well.
0: Yeah, so uh, some more details are that The lawsuit alleges that the facial recognition startup violated the state's biometric information privacy act, which is a 2008 law that prevents companies from collecting or storing fingerprints or scans of citizens faces without their consent. So this is a state level lawsuit because there isn't uh, legislation on a federal level in the U.S. to tackle this topic. And it seems like Illinois is actually one of the few states with relevant laws that can be used to uh, protect people against uh, facial recognition if they aren't uh, giving their consent. And uh, ACLU said that they actually are not looking monetary damages for people uh, from Clearview AI, but an injective relief, which means that it wants Clearview to delete the face prints, the photos of people it illegally captured and stop capturing them in the future. And this uh, is on top of a slew of lawsuits, actually, in New York, California, Virginia, and Vermont uh, that uh, is going up against this company.
1: And I guess responding to uh, this Clearview sees themselves as more of a, quote, search engine that uses only publicly available images on the internet. And, of course, this tries to make them appear much more uh, not quite doing as much harm. Oh, it's just a uh, public scraping. It's just all public data. Um, but of course, uh, misuse is abound and you can't just misuse uh, data even if it's public.
0: Yeah, I think to that point, it's kind of a, an interesting question somewhat. Uh, we are both researchers and so we have websites that showcase our research and have photos of our face. And we almost have to do that, uh, at least the website part. And it's very common to have photos of researchers in various places. But I personally feel that just because I have a website with my name on it and my photo with a nice sort of headshot, it doesn't mean that I want companies like QVU to be able to gather this data and have me searchable by face. So anyone can potentially look me up from a photo. Uh, and I would imagine, Sharon, you agree that your intention with your website is not for Cleview to be able to scrape it and use that photo data
1: actually don't have my face on my website, but that, <laughs> that aside, yes, I would not want Clearview to be doing that. And of course, this is a fine line, like, oh, Twitter and Facebook encourage us to upload our photos. Uh, Facebook in particular asks us to tag our friends. At what point is, is that okay? And do our friends give consent to being tagged, you know, all this stuff. So where's that line? What if we don't know what it's going to be used uh, for And to, there's just all sorts of things there. Uh, so it's, it's a very fine line, I think.
0: And so on that fine line, we can actually move to the next article titled Researchers Call for New Federal Authority to Regulate Facial Recognition Tech. And this was actually a summary of uh, this call by the University of Massachusetts Amherst. And it is about uh, how a group of artificial intelligence experts, including a uh, computer vision researcher and lead author, Eric Learned Miller, from this university, have proposed a new model for managing facial recognition technologies at the federal level, quoting from this post. They released a white paper titled Facial Recognition Technologies in the Wild, A Call for Federal Office, and proposed an FDA-inspired model that categorizes technologies by degrees of risk and would institute uh, corresponding controls for this FDA-type authority. The researchers highlight the high-stakes nature of the use of this technology and the resulting need for a solution involving an entire federal office and not necessarily just a law. And so I suppose to your point of a fine line, The idea of these researchers is there would be an ongoing body within the government to actually think about these issues, keep track of what uses exist, how data is being collected and used and uh, basically be in charge of it, Uh, which seems, I mean, uh, as someone who doesn't know too much, but seems like a sensible idea, given how much we are seeing going on even just right now already.
1: I think this movement has definitely galvanized this push uh, among researchers. I think this has always been kind of a question uh, among researchers. Uh, some people kind of on one side versus the other. Uh, but there hasn't been as strong a push until now, I believe, uh, but it's always been a question, I believe, uh, and that people have likened this to healthcare. You know, how much are we going to regulate AI? Uh, but I think this has really catalyzed uh, this uh, and by this, I mean this movement has really catalyzed uh, essentially researchers to question and start to put together a, a set of regulations from, from the researcher perspective, not even from, from the external perspective. And so I think that is really, really great.
0: One other thing to note about this white paper is that uh, this was done in collaboration with the Algorithmic Justice League, which focuses a lot of these issues. And so it focuses on facial recognition. It also focuses on auditing companies of commercial AI products. So I guess it's interesting how, as AI becomes more and more useful and powerful, and there are these applications that develop from the AI research community and start to be commercialized we as researchers will need to become a little more aware of the implications of the technology and even as the Algorithmic Justice League is doing kind of opinionated about the needed regulation and needed actions by the government and I think supportive of measures and uh, more, you know, activist-like, given our awareness of the technology. I think it is up to us to uh, be supportive of regulation and limiting power and uh, application of technologies when it's too early. I'm curious, uh, Sharon, have you seen uh, this group, the Algorithmic Justice League? Have you heard of their research much before this week?
1: I have not. So I'm very happy to have heard they exist and that such organizations exist uh, that work closely with researchers. And I think perhaps PJ Reddy, uh, who we talked about uh, previously, who is a well-known computer vision researcher who actually publicly stepped down, uh, stepped away from computer vision research because he saw his research was being used uh, for for ill means. Uh, So I, I wonder if he's associated with it in some way
0: indeed and um this is uh one of several companies like this that i'm aware of that i've just seen uh, throughout the years there is also a campaign or organization titled the campaign against killer robots which is uh, focused on legislation regarding autonomous uh, weapons and using ai for military technology so it is interesting how I guess we now have this model of nonprofits where AI expertise connects to activism and kind of uh, legal uh, activism. And this is a new thing for researchers who are particularly concerned, where, as you say, if if they feel there are these very ominous use cases, they can apply their expertise and work at these uh, activists. Uh, organizations to try and shape things in the good direction, so that AI is used in healthy ways and not misused, uh, which I think I guess we'll see more and more of in in this next few years and uh, as AI keeps growing.
1: And with that, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Skynet Today's Let's Talk AI podcast. You can find the articles we discussed here today and subscribe to our weekly newsletter with similar ones at skynettoday.com.
0: Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to leave us a reading if you like the show.
1: Be Be sure sure to to tune in next week. week.